This podcast is powered by SEM Wealth Management. SEM Wealth Management, where your faith, your values, and your investments align. Great day, everyone. Ed Dudley, The Journey, The Financial Advisor Experience, coming out of Durham, North Carolina. And it's a great day because I get to spend some time with two amazing individuals that I've known for a little while. Mr. So I'm going to say I'm going to save the beautiful lady for last. Mr. Garland Scott, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I got my Orioles hat on. Brandon Hyde, manager of the year up here in Baltimore. Um, by the way, we always forget to say this up front. So even before we introduce uh, Greer. Click, rate, and review so that we can get more and more people to join into this experience. And that way, maybe we can get some sponsorship dough. But I digress. Hey, I'm always up for some sponsorship. So every any wirehouse out there, any independent, any IRA you want to sponsor us, give us a call and we can walk you through it and talk about it a little bit. So, Miss Greer, how are you doing today? Great. Love just the shirt. Great. Just just great. Just great. That's it. That's all you got for us. Great. Uh yeah. In the middle of a transition. So uh, been, been in the spreadsheets all day long. It's nice to actually see other people's faces and have a conversation. Because <laughs> this has been me all day long. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. See, because I love Star Wars and you got Baby Yoda on. Baby Yoda is the best. Yeah, I'm like a, I, I'll call myself a fringe Star Wars fan. Uh, I wasn't necessarily a Star Wars fan growing up, but I married a Star Wars fan. And then, you know, Grogu came along. And so now I'm a fan. Now you're all in. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So purpose today, share some stories. And I have a, an advisor that we invited in, um, had the pleasure of connecting with him via LinkedIn. And as you all know that we meet some amazing people from LinkedIn and uh, he, he and I sat down and chatted a little bit. And he's got some interesting things going on out there and uh, just want to bring him in and share a little bit about his story. Mr. Mario Payne, welcome, sir. How are we doing today? Doing, doing wonderful. Well. How, are you, how are you doing today? So, so I, I was watching y'all so Greer, like those headphones are those like the air traffic control because those are like like the big <laughs> they're my multi-purpose headphones i actually my husband got them for me for christmas one year they're actually for me doing like working with my power tools in the garage but they have bluetooth in them and so i just wear them all around the house all the time and so yeah so do you remember when you were in school you used to have to take the hearing test and have those big headphones on your ear yeah let's yeah let's play this way that way yeah i I don't even know if they still do that anymore well you think about uh all the earbuds now i mean kids probably 19 years old their hearing's probably shocked because they listen to of course so of course yeah, yeah. Well, sir, we appreciate you joining us today. And first of all, before we even get started, thank you for your service. You know you're a veteran, so we appreciate you. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Def- definitely. But we'd love for you to just share a little bit who you are. Um, actually, you can share where, where you're coming from as well. And just walk us through how you actually got into this field. Because Garland and I laugh and talk all the time. We we kind of stumbled in into the field like drunks into a bar at night, no, no, no. and and we stayed there. <laughs> it won't throw us out yet. <laughs> Getting close. That's funny. Now, so uh, so Mario Payne, I'm a certified financial planner, uh, born and raised in Cincinnati. Um, so um, I went to school at Tennessee State University. So definitely support our HBCUs. Um, it's crazy because uh, so when I got when I was in college, uh, I interned for a, um, a internship program called Enrose that basically helps minorities with internships. So so throughout and I was in the military as well. So so uh, so throughout the process, my summer internships, 
Um, I was um, I interned for General Electric. So intern at General Electric, it was great experience. Um, they taught me kind of the, the business from a business standpoint, from an analytical standpoint. So that was great. So as I did that for, for two summers, um, again, I was reserved. So my summer, um, well, basically the year of my junior year, I was deployed. Uh, now in the military, I was in the army. I pushed papers. I didn't do any fighting. Everybody was in Iraq doing the fighting. I was pushing papers and doing finances. Uh, if you guys ever saw that sh- the movie, I'm going to get you sucker. Uh, and Keenan Iman Wayne's like, that was our job. That was, that was my job. I was a certified paper pusher. But, um, but yeah, so um, so uh, so I, I came back my last year, uh, my uh, senior year, I interned again uh, that December. And then when I graduated, they offered me a job. So great. GE, I mean, GE is still a, a great Fortune 500 blue blood company. So great. I could be in the corporate America. I can go to the ranks. It's going to be great. My, my career is here already, right? As a, as a 22-year-old, not knowing what life is, but I'm with General Electric. Everything is going to be great from now on. So I get there, I'm doing an analytics, uh, t- trying to find ways to basically improve their call center. So p- people don't know this, but GE, uh, now they're called Synergy, but um, a lot of the finances for credit cards, they do for like Lowe's, they did it for Walmart and Sam's, they do a, like the back-end finance. I didn't know it at the time. So they had a call center. So I had to find ways to basically improve the time. So uh, they had like a prompt, you know, how to get people off the phone quicker, how to answer questions, you know, before... Uh, you would ask them so that, you know, you can get them off the phone because the thought process was if the prompt answers all your questions and you have to talk to a human, it saves money. Now, this was back in 2006. So, of course, now in 2022, it's a lot better. But it was kind of like the, the days of just like the, the prompts, because usually, you know, you talk to a person. Now we call. We expect not to talk to a person. We're going to be pressing one, two, three, four answer questions to an AI person before we talk to anybody. So they gave me an assignment. Um, I did that assignment for about uh, for about six months. I saved the company about four and a half million dollars. So I'm like, yes, I saved the money. They had like a war ceremony or something. I'm gonna get a promotion. Uh, I'm gonna get a, something's gonna happen that's positive, that's gonna help my pockets because I decided to save about four million dollars. Now, we know inflation is off the chains now, and over time, inflation has grown. So you think about $4 million back in 2006, that's probably, what, $15, $20 million today? Like, that's a lot of money. And for me, at that time, making like 50 grand, I'm like, man, that's, I'm, I'm never going to see that money. That's just, that's, just, that's just a really, really, really big number, right? Um, don't you know that they gave me a pizza party? <laughs> that's all <laughs> my award. <laughs> I, I like pizza. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like like well, pepperoni pizza at least. It was like pepperoni, like meatloaf pizza. It was like it was like like some somebody's uh, somebody's assistant was like, let's just order something. We got to get it over with. So like, no no ways, no um, no like plaque, you know, nothing. Just like a pizza party and, and, and some hand claps and a pat on the back. I'm like, what are we doing here? So at, at that time, I was like, that was like my aha moment when I was 22 years old. I was like, you know what? something has to be better. Like if, if, if I could save this big old company millions of dollars, uh, if I do this myself or if I can study the analytics of companies and make money, how can I do that? So um, so I Googled. Google was a lot slower in the year 2006 compared to 2022, uh, but I basically kind of found uh, financial advisors. Now, of course, back then and still now, financial advisors didn't look like me. Uh, they didn't have my, you know, my... <laughs> Wasn't me, right? Uh, so, uh, young financial advisors, especially, but just as African American, not a lot of financial advisors. So, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. If, if I can save a big company like GE money, then I can save money. I can have clients. I can bring in clients, make them money, and I get compensated. So, uh, I went through the process, the interview. Um, I interviewed with uh, a lot of companies, uh, a whole bunch of companies, but but the company that basically hired me was Edward Jones. Um, so from 2007 to 2013, I worked as a financial advisor at Edward Jones. That was crazy in itself uh, because it was like, a, so how Edward Jones works is that once you start, they give you an office, right? Um, it was like five other people who got hired after me that got offices before me. So in back of my head, I'm like, oh, y'all hired me to hit me the quota. Like y'all think I'm going to make it, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a check in the old checkbox. I see how this is going. Not today, though. So, uh, so, so as they kind of fizzled out, uh, it was an office that opened up. 
uh, when I got to the office, um, it was like about $10 million in assets. And three weeks later, it turned out to be about one and a half million because uh, the Edward Jones financial advisor, amount and a half, basically um, had a list of all the clients there and called and said, hey, there's this new guy coming, you know, he's new. If you want somebody that's more seasoned, you know, you can definitely, I can help you to make sure that, you know, you're not experiment with, uh, with a new financial advisor. I got to ask you a quick question. I got to jump yeah. in. Uh, and I and I know how the firm is set up. Um, they're all in the communities. They didn't, as a company, they didn't leave the assets right there in that office. They l- allowed them to go down the street. So not a knock against Edward Jones, but I mean, from Edward Jones standpoint, it was still with Edward Jones. So they didn't care. Yeah. Okay. Not really. Yeah, I mean, their biggest thing, and from a, a corporate level, right, they rather go to another Edward Jones office than go to a Morgan Stanley office or a Merrill Lynch office. So, right, understood. No, Mario Payne. I'm sorry, Mario Payne, but Edward Jones, we, we get to retain this relationship. So, I could see from a corporate standpoint, but as a 24 year old financial advisor, it hurt my soul. It hurt me. <laughs> It hurt me, but it's cool though. It's, it's cool. I mean, it is what it is. So yeah. So so literally, uh, I, I had an office of about one point three billion dollars, and then I just started grinding. And then uh, so I started bringing in clients, uh, getting referrals, getting referrals. Uh, and then the, the ball stopped moving. So then, circa twenty thirteen, I was six years in. I was like, you know what? I could do this myself. I know how to run my practice. Let me start my own my own practice. So I started my own practice in twenty thirteen. Uh, it was called MJP Financial because of my name, Mario Joseph Payne. Uh, I became a certified financial planner in 2012, so that helped. And then the journey began at, um, as, as an independent financial advisor. I did that from 2013 to 2019 as I cleared through Raymond James. Uh, then in 2019, I was like, you know what? Ain't no more independence where you're taking 20% of my pay. I want the whole enchilada. I want everything. So I became a RA, uh, cleared through TD Ameritrade uh, since 2019, and the rest is history. So uh, every red cent, you know, that the branch brings in is in my pocket. I had two other financial advisors, but, you know, they get compensated, of course. But, yeah, uh, nobody's t- taking money out of my pocket for stuff that they ain't do. Like I you know, told clients, oh, like when it came to, to Edward Jones, like, you know, Edward Jones been dead for 50 years. People are not coming to Edward Jones because Edward Jones is coming because of me. And once like that aha moment hit, probably like circa 2011, because I, I made a move in 2013. It was like, man, I, I, I don't, I don't need this big, this big wirehouse or this big brand. Like people are coming for me, not for Edward Jones, even Raymond James. People are not going to Raymond James because Raymond James is coming for me. So once I kind of had that instilled in me, man, it was just the, the, the rest was history. Uh, so, so definitely, yes, the person who uh, who, who took took my assets. Uh, Doing way better than him right now. <laughs> uh, I got so much going on. Uh, so yeah, but but it was good though because you need those types of obstacles in your life because if everything was just gravy, smooth sailing, a year like this when the market is not so good right now, you know, would have knocked me off. But because of the adversity I faced early in my career, from the time that you gave me a pizza party after saving you four million dollars, the time I thought I made it with a ten million dollar office, and then a month later is now one point three million. Um, like that, that helped me today. So when things are not good, um, when the market's down like crazy, when we put them in investment that does not make money like you think, it's okay. So uh, that's a long-winded story. It's <laughs> a good one. That's a good. That's a good one. But that that definitely gives you context to, to who I am and and uh, and how, how I am today. I, I, I want to just go back to your, your early days. So you walk into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, Got a million dollars, and I I know their model for their for their new advisors. You are knocking on a lot of doors, cold walking, terrible, and 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 shaking a lot of hands. How how was that experience for you? First of all, talk to us about the community. I'm curious about the community where that particular office was, and then how was that navigating um, as you're knocking on all these doors. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm, I'm going to show you this picture, right? So literally, this was my Edward Jones class, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a little spot. Yeah, I know, yeah, I'm on a spot, yeah. So yeah, so this is my Edward Jones class. So like five years later, so when I left Edward Jones, it was two people left. It was me and another person. Another person's father was a financial advisor for 20 years. He took over mm-hmm. uh, 
a $220 million office. So, uh, so yeah, so as the times went on with Edward Jones and people dropped off, I was like, man, they're dropping off. They don't look like me. They got advantages. I don't got, I'm good. I just got to keep on rocking and rolling. But bruh, was it hard? I got the police called on me at least 30 times. Um, so I would say like my first, uh, my first year, uh, like half the time my door knocked and half the time, you know, I was in the office <clears throat> and I'm in Florida, I'm in Jacksonville, right? In a suit. You want to talk about hot? I mean, I was probably about four shades darker. Probably looked like I was more like from Africa than African American. I was hot. It was hot, and then I had to ch- change clothes. And like other people, when we talked to them, like yeah, they, they, they wear polos and things of that nature. But just the thought process is when you close your eyes, think about a financial advisor. You'll think about me, so I have to dress the part. You know, I, I got to wear a suit, even though it's hot as crap. I don't have those advantages psychologically. It's cool. It is what it is. You can't do nothing about it. It's life. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but it was hot, man. But yeah, I got a, the police called on me numerous times, numerous times. I mean, it was like, all right, hey, what's going on? Oh, it's you again. Hey, Mario, keep it moving. I mean, it's, it's, always, it's that guy. He ain't doing nothing. We're, we're trying to sell an AT&T stock. You know what I'm saying? So um, that was cool. I, I, I called, I called the N word probably 15, 20 times at people's doors. Uh, one person threatened to shoot me. I like, like, I'm just knocking on your door. I mean, I'm not doing anything. So that was, you know, what I'm saying interesting, but. I mean, it's life, man. I mean, it is what it is. It's but, life for some. Yeah, yeah. It's not life for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. <laughs> but, 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 but what it, what it showed me, though, is that, and we all know it, but knowing it, thinking it, and living through it is two different things. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to work 15 times harder. So if you go through the process knowing you have to work harder, once you work harder and you're rewarded for it, it makes you feel so much better. So as I started getting awards, as I started going like the Edward Jones diversification trips where they basically took you anywhere across the world because you hit a certain number, it made me feel good. My wife felt good about it. So yeah, I got a police call on me to call me the N-word, whatever. I'm still good though. I'm making money. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I made, I made 100 grand when I was 26 years old. Like, when I was at GE, I probably would make it 100 grand so I was like 30, 35, unless I climbed the corporate ladder like crazy. So financially, I'm good. I had obstacles to get there, but I was good. And then I would go on these trips, right? Uh, I would be the only person in the room, one of the youngest people in the room, but then only African-American in the room. So a lot of times it's, hey, whose office did you take over? You know, uh, were you gifted something like you know who who was you adopted? Somebody asked like like was your was your <laughs> adopted by the Lord? You know what I'm saying? So uh, so yeah, so that I mean, but still like all, all those jabs, no shots. This is people you know you don't know what you don't know. I mean you know I think if I was in another person's position and I saw a person that didn't look like me that was never on the trip before, I would ask a question because I'd be curious, right? I mean it's human nature. But, but all, all those shots and all those jabs that I got, the people that know were jabs, like, promoted me today. So um, so I'm good. And, and now, um, because I have my own RIA, because Edward Jones is not taking 60% out my check, for Edward Jones, I don't know how it is now, but how it was then, for every $100 that you made, you got $40, they got $60, right? They is just taking all your money away from you. And then, since you are a, a W-2, and not a 1099, you're paying tax on everything. So you don't got as many write-offs as you do now, right? So like um, learning that part, I'm, I'm ha- I mean, I'm not happy that they was taking all my money at first, but I'm happy I went through that process because that gave me experience. So now I know how to talk to business owners. I know how to talk to individuals W-2 who's thinking about being a business owner. So we can have those conversations because I've been there, done that in that capacity. So all those hiccups and all those, like I said, jabs I had to weave or had to take it and smile, they may be to where I am today. So yes, I would like to have more money, you know, starting earlier, uh, but definitely uh, wouldn't change anything for the world. Even being called an N-word, had a police call on me all the time. And that's, 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 I mean, that's an encouraging story because I think that there are so many people that were in your position at some point who did give up or did let it get to them and they might be regretting it at this point or they may have you know gotten back on their feet at some point and regretted the fact that they ever let themselves get sidetracked in the first place and so for the next generation you can be an inspiration to those who 
hopefully aren't going to be facing all of the same types of um, issues. <laughs> but, you know, we've still probably got a long way to go, I know. So, um, you know, hopefully you can be an inspiration to those in the future that that feel down and feel like they're not being treated the same way as some of the others. Like you said, that there were two of you left in your class and one of them was because of nepotism. So, um, you know, like let's change the landscape of this stinking industry. But I do have a question <laughs> because I am a transition consultant. So I am constantly helping advisors with their moves to independence. And I have seen a lot of activity from the Edward Jones world. Um, I wonder if there were things that Edward Jones taught you that you are grateful to have had from that time, um, even though you were going door to door. Uh, because I do, I get that from a lot of advisors. The you know, Edward Jones taught me a lot about sales and gave me a lot of like real world experience. But then I wisened up to some of what was going on. And now I want to try to do it myself. And so I wonder if that was kind of your experience as well. Oh, yeah. Now they have a, they have a great training program. Like I, I would tell everybody, Edward Jones is a great way and a great place to start your career. Just not to finish it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, nah. I mean, we we had uh, we went to their home office in St. Louis. We had training like week to two week long training periods every three months for the first two and a half years. So, they definitely um, did a lot of training, taught you experiences. They had financial advisors with five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty years of experience that would kind of mentor you and coach you. I had two mentors that's, that's African American. One of the few Edward Jones African Americans I still talk to this day, even though they're still with Edward Jones, and we kind of talk about our experiences and kind of how things is different from a financial standpoint, from a life standpoint. Um, but they're, they're proud of me for for stepping out, which is cool. So, so they definitely have mentorship. Uh, they do a lot to make sure that you succeed because they put a lot of money in training. So I, I could never say anything negative from an Edward Jones standpoint. I mean, they they train you hard. And they put you your feet to the fire. Like, like I said, knocking on doors is not easy. And they have quotas. Like, like you're supposed to get 20 as, again, this is back in 2007. Who knows what it is now? But, like, you had to get 25 new contacts, which is a first name, last name, ad, address, email address, a phone number every single day. Like, so you had to have 20, 125 contacts a week. So the thought process was law of averages, right? So if you do that for three or four months, you're going to have you know, 500, 600, 700 contacts. Out of 700 people, you get 10% with the 70 people and they invest money. You should be good off of that. If you get referrals from them three, four, five years from now, you should have, you should grow your business, right? Uh, now for me, again, I always had to work harder. So their quota was 25, mine was 35, right? So, so I had way more contacts. That means I have way more no's, right? Not as many yeses either. But again, from cultivating those relationships uh, with the training that they did give you from a sales standpoint, allowed me to, 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 to grow my book. Um, and in our community, the African-American community, typically we refer more. Now, when we refer, the account size not, might not be as high, right? Just because life, typically the African-American household won't have as high as a uh, account size in a Caucasian or other um, nationalities, it's just like it is what it is. But definitely from those referrals, I was able to cultivate those quicker, turn those referrals into clients and, and kind of snowball effect, grow my business. But the answer to your uh, to your statement, yes, Edward Jones did a great job from a training standpoint. But again, it's not great to stay there. It's yeah. great to, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, do I want to buy? Do I want to rent? I want to rent. And then I want to go on, I want to buy somewhere else. So, uh, so, so yeah. I had a, an interesting experience with an Edward Jones advisor before. And I actually, I, I posted this on LinkedIn last year, this story, and it was one of my most, um, it, it was one of the most popular posts that I had because it brought up a lot of very strong reactions from people in this industry. I had an Edward Jones advisor knock on my door one day. It was the middle of the week, middle of the day. I was working from home 
Um, you know, I answered the door and he introduced himself and he, you know, he said what he, who he was. And I was like, oh, you know, great. I'm a financial advisor consultant. I, you know, so I know the industry. Um, and so he continued to talk to me like I hadn't said that. And I was like, okay, whatever. So then like, I let him speak for a few more minutes because I knew he was just trying to like get his sales pitch out. He seemed a little nervous. And I was like, I don't think you understand. Like I help people like you leave companies like yours and start their own. Um, and he was like, oh, great. Do you have a card? And here I am thinking, well, maybe he's going to go like do a little bit of research on what I just told him. No, he takes my card. And then he sends me a follow-up email thanking me for my time. And then a week later, I get an invite to a webinar for investing with women. And then a year later, I get a follow-up call and a voicemail, like clearly ignoring the fact that yeah. I, uh, like who I am, what I am. So it, it makes a lot of sense now what you tell me about that quota that had to be met, like me giving him that card helped him meet that quota, but clearly he was still going through a script and not at all listening to what I was saying. So it was a very interesting story. And I told it on LinkedIn and it had some very massive reactions. Well, Greer, you needed a financial advisor too. So I don't blame you him. I don't, I, I don't blame him. It wasn't like I, it was just a story I told because I was like, this is not a financial advisor. This is a salesperson and that's okay. But everybody, you know, everybody should know the difference. And, and so don't present yourself as a fiduciary. If you are, uh, you know, if you're peddling product to me and can't understand that I am a, the kind of person that is never business. going to invest money with you. So real quickly, um, and when I lived in Georgia, um, when I lived in Georgia, part of my role was recruiting financial advisors. And I lived in an okay neighborhood and I had an Edward Jones guy knock on my door. And of course I said, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> Sat him at the table. Said, all right, go ahead, go ahead, man. Tell me, tell me what you're going to tell me. And he went through his whole spiel and everything. And I was like, okay, great. And he said, so what do you do? Well, I work for XYZ and I'm, I do this. But you could tell he was like, I just wasted 15 minutes talking to you. Why did you let me do that? And I said, well, here's my card. If you ever decide you want to make a change, just give me a call. All right. So let me chime in with this one then. So Mario, I worked at Goldman and I was there and I guess I got to Goldman in 08, 09 timeframe. And we were still one of the eight providers. Remember those, those eight elite providers that you guys oh, can yeah. always use? So yeah, do diligence trip. I, the Ed Jones guy in my area up here in Maryland who I've been trying to get him to see, hadn't met me, knocked on my door. And I, I did what Ed did. I let him in the house and I said, you know what? I heard some really good stories about this Goldman Sachs asset management. What do you think? And he bashed Goldman Sachs. <laughs> and then I said, well, that's too bad because that's exactly who I work for. Get out of my house. Wow. I'm fun. sure. I'm sure he liked American funds in Franklin. Oh, <laughs> he was definitely American funds guy. So, hey, I, I had a, I had a couple quick comments because um, you said you said a couple things that resonated. First of all, the whole getting uh, getting the cops called you thing is hilarious. Uh, Ed and I can both speak to that. Uh, I, I had what you call a porch meeting. Uh, in, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I had been talking to a, an advisor for almost a year over the phone. And, you know, on the phone, Garland can sound very proper, very angry. Say it, say it like you want to say it. Garland. Very white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but my brown face showed up to his, uh, to his office and he had invited me. Hey, Garland, come on down here. Love to have you. Want to you know, take you out to dinner, might meet my wife, blah, blah, blah. So I show up in my suit and I rang his doorbell on his porch. He opened his, his door, but he had that screen door in the middle. He opened the screen door. He stuck his head out, did one of those deals what you and then closed the screen door back. And he talked to me through the door. Wow. And I instantly knew what was going on. I, I don't want you to be my wife either. 
<laughs> but I basically, I left my literature on the porch and never saw the man again. So, man, that was a one-time experience for me. I can only imagine, you know, the multitude of times that you had to go through, probably something similar, or even people just slamming doors in your face. If they're willing to call the cops, they're going to do anything in the world. The second thing that resonated, though, was what you said about your compensation. Man, Ed, if we put a two-minute commercial out on this particular podcast, do it on the part where he talked about the 60-40 thing. You know, because that's, I'm trying to convince a lot of folks, not just the Jones, but at other places, go get paid, please. Yes. Go have the, go have the courage to start your own business like Mario's done. And that's what I wanted to say, man. So how, you know, that's a leap of faith, right? W-2 is comfortable. Tell yeah. me about, because I've, I've gone through it. I'm a 1099er myself now, and it took probably about two years for my wife to get over herself. She did not thrilled <laughs> at all, you know, because it is an adjustment from a taxation standpoint alone um, until you start kind of figuring out what you can and can't do. Talk about that experience. Yeah. Um, so the good thing about that process is that so when I went from Edward Jones to Raymond James as a uh, as having my own firm branch manager rights, not RIA. So I took like a gradual step. I, I mean, hindsight 2020, I should have went Edward Jones complete RIA because again, it was 20 percent out of my out of my pocket that was took from Raymond James for about six years from 2013 to 2019. However, the good thing about Raymond James, though, uh, they gave you upfront money. Um, they gave me like uh, almost 400 grand. Um, 200 grand of that was mine if I stayed for two years. The other 200 grand was like a loan uh, at prime rate. Prime rate was less than 1%. This is, you know, because interest rates now, like they ain't near 10%, right? So interest rates back in 2013 was a lot lower. So I was like, well, heck, if I make 10% on the investment, I take the 200 grand I invested, you know, saying I, I'm, I'm good. I pay y'all back in a year and a half, two years, and the rest I get the pocket, you know, which which happened. So, um, so yeah, so that, that definitely helped. Um, but from my wife's standpoint, she was cool with it. I mean, because because uh, she she knew the vision. Uh, she knew I was a go getter. She saw the whole process of me going through um, <clears throat> through Edward Jones. I mean, heck, she saw the whole process of GE. I mean, my, my wife is my college sweetheart. We, we met at Tennessee State. So I mean, so she saw how upset I was about my pizza party. She saw the growth of, of me uh, being happy about getting my first uh, investment from Edward Jones. A person invested thirty thousand dollars, and she saw kind of I told her how much you know I was getting from an um, asset standpoint. Now, so she saw the growth, so she trusted me. So like, um, I, I had a lot of um, trust and a lot of go ahead, Mario, you, you, you can do it. So um, I'm not gonna say it was hard. It was just is the grass really greener, right? So I wasn't ever nervous about making a switch. I was never like, is this gonna work? It's just like, okay, how long is it gonna work? Is it gonna be six months, gonna be a year? But again, since I got that cushion, I was good. So, um, so, so definitely, you know, I would never bang Edward Jones. They had their business model, never bang. Raymond James had their business model. Without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, but also from the diversity standpoint, it, it helped me like so uh we may talk go through the process but you know uh we launched our own etf in the stock market uh back in february uh let be letb is a boy it was like a year and a half uh me and my business partner anthony uh more him than me but kind of going through the process doing the registration they had to register through my ra had to do so much stuff from a registration standpoint it's like man here we go again i know that it's a light at the end of the tunnel but again, like that adversity kind of going through the what ifs of leaving Edward Jones, Raymond James, leaving Raymond James, TD Ameritrade. Like since I've been there, done that before, I know when it happens, it's going to happen. So um, that might not be the answer you're looking for, uh, but definitely from a leaving Edward Jones standpoint, that lump sum of money helped. And leaving um, Raymond James, me knowing for every $100,000, I'm not giving you 20, I'm keeping 20. And again, you think about a million dollar producer, that's a lot of darn money. All that stays in my pocket now. Are you serious? Of course I'm shooting y'all the deuces. And, that, and that's what happened. And then so, and then I had an advantage too, right? So like, so so when I left Edward Jones, I had my own office. I bought my own office. So it was very easy. I didn't have to move anywhere. I didn't have to go anywhere. You know, I just changed the sign that, that said, you know, my name and Raymond James, just the my name. So it was, that, that was easy as well. Um, so, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, but adversity-wise, you don't know what's going to happen to what happens. 
But again, those instances kind of helped me today with launching my fund, launching our investment app that we have that's, that's uh, on Google and on the place where people can invest like we're Robin Hood. So all that kind of helped us today to you know, where we're at. I, I want to go back because it's something that I that I read that you sent over and it was a little shocking to me because mm-hmm. uh, I see that you are Dave Ramsey and board and um, endorsed professional. But it says you're the only minority endorsed Dave Ramsey professional in Jacksonville, all of Jacksonville. Yeah, that's true. It's really shocking. I'm not surprised by that, man. Look. I keep telling you, get to a Kingdom Advisor conference. Then you'll see these numbers that I'm talking about. I'm not surprised by that at all. I need a reference there. Like, how many endorsed professionals are there in Jacksonville for Dave Ramsey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's like 20. Uh, It's either 15 or 20. Um, So, yeah. uh, So, it's it's not not a lot. I mean, so you think about how many women? Uh, so I know it's one. So the financial advisor who works in my office, um, right. uh, she I got me. one. <laughs> he said, I got one. Me, one for you. Covered. <laughs> it's, it's all in my firm. We got, we got what you want. What, what you want? <laughs> right? Like the United Nations, whatever you want, we got. Uh, but, um, but, but yeah, so it's not a lot. And, and it, um, so the whole, I mean, so Dave Ramsey's great, right? I mean, he, Helps people with getting out, with getting out of debt. I mean, his has a great message, and if you follow him, his philosophy of getting out of debt, you know, you're going to be better for it. But it's a certain type of person who kind of follows Dave Ramsey, and that certain type of person who doesn't look like me, right? So I, I think that that's a lot of it, and that again, that's an everyday struggle to be honest with you, because the Dave Ramsey standpoint, um, how it works is that they pick, they have a chance to either pick you or four other people. So those four other people don't look like me. So a lot of times, you know, I'm the because of automation we have set up, uh, which we can talk about as well, how to automate your practice saves me just a lot of time, resources, and helps my clients because I'm able to, you know, concentrate on them. But with that being said, I'm usually the first person they talk to. So I talk to them, they ask questions, they set an appointment, everything's good, we might meet. But then we just kind of sit down again and kind of move your money over, something happens. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready. I made another decision. I'm just going to hold back. And then, you know, my staff calls three, four, five months later, I get ghosted. I know why it is, right? Because again, when we close our eyes and think about a financial advisor, it doesn't look like me and it's just life. And I don't fault anybody, but, you know, just like if somebody's referred to me that's African-American, they're probably going to use me and not a Caucasian person. So it's life. So it's like, man, I, I yes, Dave Ramsey supports me. I'm endorsed by Dave Ramsey, but I'm not able to really help his followers like I could because I don't get the opportunity. And again, that just kind of goes back to, I got to work harder. I got to bust my butt harder. But if I'm getting compensated, if I'm doing what I've got to do, if I help the ones that wants to be helped, I get referrals, then I'm, I'm good. So, um, so yeah, but it's just me. And actually, I don't even know, because I've been like to different conferences, only person in the room that looks like me, so, I mean, I don't know how many African-Americans in totality in America are Dave Ramsey endorsed. Probably not that much, though, just to be honest with you. That's good. I want to That's the industry that we're in, man. That is the industry that we're in. But hey, you know what? I can say, though, me and two other people, only three African-Americans in the whole world have their own fund on the stock exchange. And I'm one of them. So, you know. A lot of Caucasians can't say that because it's so many, right? So that's the thing. Like I say, I'm one of three. One of three. Tell us about it. Tell, t- give, you know, give it its time. Tell us about it. What's different? What's the differentiator? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so we we uh we have everything through automation, and I I can't take all, all the credit. Um, so my business partner Anthony basically uh, created algorithms um, and created software that basically allows us to use different mechanisms to basically predict. From a macro and a micro standpoint, when the market's going to go up, when it's going to go down. So, just some of my expertise I put in. We have a, um, a person who's a trader, who's African American as well. His expertise basically created our fund. Uh, we was doing a fund just through my practice um, for about three years. Uh, we was tripling the market, and it's like, okay, let's let's go through the process to start our own fund. Had to go through registration, uh, try to go through different um, providers. That was a hassle by itself. A lot of no's. And I know why, but whatever, though. 
Um, but yeah, so 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 finally we we, we had a, a ETF um, creation company that said yes. Went through the process. Um, it took like way longer than what we thought. We were supposed to launch like four or five months before we did, but we launched in February. Um, I know I don't know when this is going to be uh, posted, but uh, but for the year, you know, we're down. We're down by eight percent, right? Uh, our benchmark is the Russell. The Russell's down by darn near thirty, right? Um, so again, on a hundred grand. You lost eight with us. You lost 30 with the Russell. I think we're doing a pretty good job. Uh, so on the flip side, when the market goes back up, then I would imagine we're going to go back up. I said that ton of cheek. We are. But uh, but we're going to go back up quicker because you're not digging out of a hole. So if we're able to maximize your gains by minimizing your losses, that's what we do. And we've done that so far in a horrible year with the market. We did that properly with my clients over the past three years. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, uh, so that as, as I fund, let B L E T B is a board, um, from that. So for all you financial advisors, we definitely would love to talk to you guys from that experience. We actually created our own ETF creation platform. Um, so now any advisor who wants to create their own ETF due to our automation that we have, where everything is automated, literally give us our strategy and we can put it on the market and you are compensated. It'll be your fund. Um, so we're, um, Working with financial advisors, we're actually working with uh, some colleges as we speak so that some of their endowment can be on the market so that their alumni can invest in their fund, so students can invest in their fund. So the things that we're doing from a life standpoint and how to help retail investors and financial advisors who want to not do the day-to-day work and have their own fund so they can brag about having their own fund, we're doing that now. So, uh, so again, all that adversity that got me here if I didn't go through all those trials and tribulations, I wouldn't be here today to do all the great stuff that we're doing. And now you're making it easier for others to not have to go through the same thing. So thank you for telling us about that. So, so <laughs> think about it, Greer. So you're helping financial advisors transition from one place to another. Once they get grounded, if it's a way for them to not have to worry about placing trades all the time, managing clients' money and, and having, having their own fund, in the market their own etf like who would say no to that right so right. um so so yeah so that takes me back to your transition from edward jones to the independent space tell me a little bit about how that went did you did you retain all of your clients did you even try to or did you just kind of wipe it clean go and go into the new business trying to gain an entire new client base or did you try to take a lot of those clients with you that you gained through your edward jones experience and what what was that like because i know the edward jones ones that i do are the hardest ones they're non-protocol they're you're not allowed to bring anything with you you're not really allowed to solicit there's a lot of red tape around edward jones transitions and it's what holds up a lot of advisors from really taking that leap and going independent, even though the ones that do usually are very successful because they are, you know, they did learn a lot of those traits from Edward Jones, those personal touches that, um, you know, coming to your door, knocking on your door, being able to talk to you. And, and so, yeah, I'll stop there. Just I'd love to know what that experience was like. Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, that, cause I saw the statistics as I talked to people who left already. So the average user is about 50%. Uh, so for every 10 people you ask to five go, mine was 92%. Um, it goes back to a referrals and relationships. 98% of my clients came to Edward Jones because of Mario Payne, not because of Edward Jones, right? I didn't take over a big office. So everybody came because of me. Um, and then again, our community, you know, we stick together and we do good, right? So, uh, so since I'm not a lot of African-Americans, not a lot of black certified financial planners, like I was kind of a unicorn. I was making clients money. So, you know, they, they were okay. And then also I had a competitive advantage. I'm in Florida. Uh, when I went independent to Raymond James, Raymond James is in Florida. So people knew about Raymond James. So that, that, that helped as well. But, uh, but I had just a very, very strong success rate. Uh, now, was everybody didn't come. And with some people, I didn't ask to come. There was headaches, and I didn't want to deal with y'all no more. But, uh, but yeah, but but de- but definitely, I'm an anomaly because again, since I didn't get good nighted, I didn't get, I got given at not given assets, right? Everybody came to Edward Jones because of Mario Payne, not Edward Jones. So my story is probably a lot different than most other people because I wasn't given any assets. Every everybody for the most part who came came because of me, and when I left. 
they left because of me <laughs> and came with me. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. I love how you spun that because it's it, you're so true. You're so right when it comes to the gifting of assets. You know, we I look. I worked the wires for most of my career. I've seen I've seen how the trickle down effect for for some folks and not for other folks. But I love the fact that because you did not get good nighted, and the fact that that thing went from ten million down to less than two million that you had no choice but right. to raise your own capital and do it your own way. And then now you fast forward all these years and now it's not even a, not even a big deal, right? That's that's the nice part about that. Let me go all the, all the way, all the way back to college. Because you, you talked about the military. What did you do? What branch? How did that affect you? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was in the Army. I was Army Reserve, um, so... Uh, so my, my, my parents, I mean, they could have paid for college. It would have been a strain. I, I had two, two younger brothers and a younger sister. Um, so I, I didn't want to put that strain on them. So I was like, you know, how is it that I can get experience that might look good on my resume? You think about being in the military, they talk about discipline, things of that nature. So I thought that would help. My grandfather was in the military. He was actually, um, it's in my blood, actually. So my, my long story short, my grandfather was on the U.S. Indianapolis. Um, it was... Uh, it was uh, stuck uh, in um, uh, doing World War II. It was it was a, it got hit by a missile by the Japanese. Mm -hmm. um, it was like 400 people on the ship, uh, like 40 people survived, and my grandfather was one of them. Like he was Great. in shark infested waters for 21 days, just surviving. So like so, it's just in my blood. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if he would have went down, then I wouldn't be here right now. You don't exist. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so uh, so yeah, so so military is part of my family. But it taught me discipline, man. It taught me discipline that I, I use today. It taught me organization. I mean, you know, military is a lot about just keeping things to the mission. Whatever the mission is, keeping a course. Forget about the outside noise, noise, just being laser focused on the mission. And I do that. So when I was knocking on doors, my mission was to talk to 35 people, get 35 contacts. If that mission wasn't done, it don't matter if it's four o'clock or seven o'clock. I'm gonna keep on doing it. Being laser focused, you do that every single day helps. <clears throat> so that so that that helped. See, I was in the military at the same time. Like I said, um, uh, I was a reserve, so I was a weekend warrior. Uh, they paid for about, about half my my college. But again, when the war started in '03, uh, you know, said so I got pulled, pulled out of school, um, went to Kuwait, and everybody was in Iraq fighting. I was pushing papers. Um, and then, of course, uh, when my service was over nine months later, went back, graduated, uh, worked for GE, then Edward Jones, and then I was on this financial advisor journey that I'm on now. That's awesome. And thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah. So I want you to, I'm not going to go as far back as Garland, but we're going to, I'm going to go back to the pizza party. Yeah, I want to go back to that too. <laughs> First of all, do you still eat pizza? Because I don't know if I will still be eating pizza right now. I'll be still. Every time I see a pizza, it'll probably trigger me. But yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, um, I mean, so, so like my, my my daughter loves pizza. And I can't say though, right? In Cincinnati, it's this pizza chain called La Rosa's Pizza. So I mean, they had it was some good pizza. I was mad eating it though, but it was La Rosa's Pizza. If y'all ever in Cincinnati, man, y'all get some La Rosa's Pizza. Uh, with, uh, La Rosa, if you're watching this. Um, <laughs> We are looking for sponsors, so <laughs> and I will take sponsorship in pizza. Uh, I have no shame. <laughs> but as you go back to twenty-two year old sitting in that biting, you know, the pizza hard probably because uh, you said like you know I saved you a bunch of money uh, and you give me pizza. What would you, knowing what you know now, being where you are where you are right now, what advice would you give that twenty-two year old that was sitting in that room? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, first off, it doesn't end here; it just starts here, right? Because like that was a that was a low point. Uh, not, not like oh, my life is ruined, but like WTF? Like, what do I really have to do to be successful? Like, I save y'all all this darn money, and this is what I get. Like, what do I really have to do? Like, what more can I do? In the words of Jay Z, in the words of Jay Z, right? So it's like so. Um, so whatever point that you're at, like it gets better, but you have to be persistent. So I could have said, you know what? I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to make y'all get me some more pizza. I'm going to get a raise. Or I could say, you know what? What can I do with my skill set that I know I have 
and make more money and help more people than this giant multinational company, right? So being persistent, because I interviewed with like 15 places. I interviewed with uh, insurance companies. Uh, I interviewed with a whole bunch of people. I just had that one yes. And once that one yes happened, then, you know what I'm saying, things were great after that. So, but you got to be persistent though, man. So I, I would say, number one, wherever you're at, you know what I'm saying, um, it might feel bad, but things will get better. Then number two, what you want to do, be persistent and, 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 don't, and don't quit. If you don't quit, it's going to happen. Again, we talk about the, the ETF. It took six months when we thought it was going to be two months. We had many, many companies say no to us, but we were very consistent. More of my business partner than me, just to give him full credit, but we were just very, very consistent. Uh, and now we have our own ETF, our, our app that we may or may not talk about. We have an app just like Robinhood, just like Webull. Like you can go to the App Store or Google Playlist and, and type in Let Bob and you can download our app. So just like our ETF, you could pick any stock that you want to. But unlike a Webull or Robinhood, where 85% of people lose money on that app, when you buy that stock, we say, not today, not today. This ain't the day and time. So we're going to hold it. And when it's a better time, we're going to buy it for you. That's going to save you money. That's going to create generational wealth. African-American-wise, 85% of African-Americans, they lose money in their first investment. It takes them two years to invest again. Horrible, because I buy then high. I sell low. I wait two years. It's back high again. So now I'm buying at a higher price. That makes no sense. But with our app, we can do that. So again, all those trials and tribulations I went through, like that cold LaRosa's pizza, allows me to do what I'm doing today, helping people. Not just helping me, not helping my clients, but helping society. So uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, but yeah, that young person be persistent, and if you're in the low point, you're good, man. Just just keep keep on keep on rocking and rolling. Yeah, I love it. Everything love it, comes right. full circle, like a pizza. <laughs> Come on, I like the pizza story because I I had similar experiences as a support staff person working for wirehouses, and I remember there was always the next. It was just like the next thing that we had to do, and I remember very clearly one time they made me like the branch. I don't know. I was like the branch representative for the CSAs. And I thought this was like a big deal, but it was really just because I was like a sheep and they could just, they knew that I would go around pushing all the other CSAs to meet all their quotas because I had that type of personality where I would just go into their offices and chat with them and be like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Call your clients and sign them up for e-delivery because we're going to save the company all this money. And so they picked me because I, of my personality and I, I think I do recall be, having a pizza party at some point because <laughs> our branch had the most e-delivery signups in the state or something. And it was all because I was just going around pushing the wrong narrative. It's probably no. sponsored by my firm. I probably paid for it. Uh, you probably did. Oh, you, mean, darling, you know you did. You know you did. I can't tell you how many drinks of mine Garland has paid for. Plenty. Lots of wine. <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> so, so uh, Mr. Garland, um, any further questions for Mr. Mario? Um, let me just say this, Mario. You are, we talk about this on the show a lot. Uh, you know, 9% of CFPs are minorities. You can chop that up into, you know, into African-American Black folks, and you can chop it up even finer into Black men in this business. Um I, I would ask this, do all that you can to represent the folks that are coming in behind us. Uh, Ed and I have been in this business for 25 years or so. You've now been in this business for 06. So what is that? 16 15. years, right? It's been a long time. Um, but we got, a, we got a, a crop of folks, and I think you're probably already in tune with this through your HBCU work and obviously through this app. We need to be better represented in the next generation man let me tell you you are that guy all these stories on this podcast you just told us from your military experience um you know through going through hbcu yourself um through you know your trials and tribulations with ge starting off at a, at a big firm going to a bigger firm as an independent and then of course now being a business owner on your own people need to see 
this journey. Hopefully people tune into this podcast. Do me a favor, share this with your network um, because this stuff matters. That's why we're doing this. Uh, the three of us are all able to do this because we all work for big, huge banks and, and investment groups back in the day when we couldn't do this, right? We didn't have the ability to have a voice. And now here's our chance to do that. So if, if there's anything that I say, it's two things. Thank you so much for what you're doing and what you've already done. And please be that example to the folks that are coming in. Thank you. Well said, well said Garland. Uh, Greer. Comments, questions? Um, I think I have spoken enough on this particular episode, but I would love to have you tell everybody again how they can find you, how they can find your fund. Just make sure that if they want to reach out, that they have a way to do so. And thank you so much for everything. Yeah, story behind that. So uh, my Instagram actually got hacked. So it's crazy. So I, I do, uh, so I have a comedic side of me. You guys may have my Oh, really? Yeah, what oh, you say? <laughs> yeah, so on, on my Instagram, like every single day, I do videos, like one minute videos about like life. Me walking somewhere, going to a store, seeing something, and like that stock is the stock good, bad? Should you buy it, not buy it? You know, so yeah, so um, like I was averaging like four or five thousand views. My, my the, the biggest view I had was like eighty thousand views. It was crazy. And my Instagram got hacked. So you go to my Instagram, depending on when this is aired, it might not be up. Hopefully, it'll be up eventually. Please, Facebook. I know y'all going through a lot right now. Would y'all stop on Facebook? <laughs> Instagram, please. Well, uh, yeah, I know, I know, right? Meta, yeah, t t t today, Meta's. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, um, get yourself I, a TikTok. Yeah, yeah, I have a TikTok too. Yeah, but who knows the future? But I, I wouldn't be surprised this time this, this next year, Mr. Zuckerberg is not there. Kind of what happened with Steve Jobs, where they kind of gave him the boot. But another, another conversation for another day. Anyways, though, but my Instagram uh, is Tomas Financial, so T O A M S Financial. That's my Instagram. Uh, also, my Instagram for my TV show that we would talk about uh, painful profits. P A Y N E F U L profits. Because my last name is Pain. Painful profits. There we go. Uh, my TikTok. Thomas Financial, uh, Painful Profits. You can definitely check me there. And also uh, our app, uh, We Are Bob. So We Are Bob. Um, that's our Instagram and our TikTok. But our ETF, Let Bob, L-E-T-B. So L-E-T-B, that's the symbol for our fund. Um, for our app, you can go to Google. You can go to Apple. Um, Let Bob, L-E-T-B-O-B. -B. You can download it. Pretty, pretty cool. We actually have a podcast inside of the actual app. Crazy to think about, right? But that's pretty cool. Um, and then also any financial advisor or any shark out there who has a lot of money that thinks they can know what they're doing and they want to have their own fund, um, you can reach out or you can go to our website, Let Bob ETFs. So Let, L-E-T-B-O-B, Bob, E-T-F-S. Uh, and then all the information, you can get in contact with our staff. We can definitely help you go through the process so you can launch your own ETF on the stock market and not have to go through all the craziness that we went through. And you can also ring the bell. <laughs> Got all that? That's <laughs> pretty yeah. Oh, you're having a good week. Uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting there. I had I had the app up. <laughs> <laughs> up letting Bob. Cause I was gonna com I was gonna comment on the comment on the imagery. Well done, my friend. Well done. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. But yeah. um, I will simply say thank you. You didn't take the path of least resistance. Do you know how many people would have quit that yeah. day that they knocked on someone's door? But you let perseverance have its perfect way, and you kept going. And look at you now. Yeah. Look at you now. Look at you now. You're getting paid by. Uh, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but we we thank you for spending some time with us. We really appreciate you. If there's any way that we can support you individually or collectively, please let us know. Everyone that's tuned in, go check him out. Because um, I definitely want to see his comedy side because he he showed a little bit here. Uh, so we're, I'm looking forward to tuning in uh, on Instagram. So this has been another journey, the financial advisor experience. Thank you for all for tuning in no matter what time. Please like, comment, share. And if you know someone that has an interesting story that's in the financial profession, hit us up. We'd love to interview. Take care, everyone. <laughs>